0: To First Samuel chapter one. First Samuel chapter Oh my goodness gracious, let's see. I've got five minutes to preach. I don't care what anybody tells me, I'm gonna preach more than five minutes. And by the way, nobody has told me that anyway. Um If you've got your Bible open to first, I mean, did I say First Samuel? Second Samuel. Second Samuel, chapter one. Second Samuel, chapter one. Second Samuel, chapter one. Are you there? Stand to your feet if you will, please. And I'm going to begin reading at verse 17. And David lamented with this lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan, his son. Also he made them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jasher. The beauty of Israel is slain upon the high places How are the mighty fallen? Thank you, and you may be seated. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for what my heart has already experienced. Lord, I remember as a boy maybe in a racing stadium or a football stadium or a school. But I can remember from my childhood hearing our national anthem and standing there and with my boyish voice singing and pledging my allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I remember, oh God, that I rarely ever did it without dropping tears to the floor. I thank you, dear God, that 80-something years later, Lord, it still brings tears to my eyes to think about what my country means to me. Lord, I've traveled all over the world I've seen much of this world. But oh God with all of its faults. There is no better place than America. And God you have brought us back. Again and again. From the precipice of falling into the abyss. Of sin. Lord we need to be drawn out again. You know all of the dangers that face us. And it seems as though you may have turned a deaf ear to us. Help us, O God. Use our military. Lord, Lord, use our military to defend us. But Lord, use our military to spread the gospel all over the world, wherever they go. I pray, dear God, that they will not be deployed just nonchalantly. I pray, dear God, that the women will not go to Germany or Japan or other places griping. I pray that they'll go realizing that they're not sent by the Department of Defense, but they've been sent by Almighty God. God, use our military. Use them, Lord, as missionaries. Use them, Lord, as seed. Use them, Lord, as light. And, Lord, we need a strong base here at home. I thank you, dear God, for the strong base that they have in this wonderful church. I pray, dear God, that this church will grow in grace. I pray, O oh God, that you will lengthen its cords And that you will spread its aprons even wider. And that the tent of this church will continue to grow and grow. Now Lord you know I need your help. I do oh God. And Lord not that you ever need to be reminded of anything. But I do remind you Lord. And I don't do it with impudence. But I do it with sincerity. I remind you of Greenwood Louisiana. And I pray oh God. (laughs) that you would grant it today in Jesus name amen David has been anointed king of Israel Saul is not aware of it yet or he, he is now he was but in the early days of the reign of Saul, and when the, when the anointing was taken away from Saul, he didn't realize it. The people had asked for a king like other nations. And may I say, passingly, America and American individuals should not look to others as their example. We ought to look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, He is our example. But they wanted a king like other nations. And so God finally gave them a king. His name was Saul. Now, if we do not pay attention, we'll do nothing except being critical of Saul. And of course, there is that which he should be criticized for. He did not obey the Lord. He did not completely fulfill the commands of the Lord. He uh, walked away from God. But Saul also did some good things. And I want to remind you of that because none of our leaders are perfect. And uh, none of our military people are perfect are perfect you're not perfect and I can certainly tell you that as a military man and you know once the saying is once a marine always a marine and and uh, I'm certainly not perfect but uh, Saul had some good things about him Uh, the people of Jabesh Gilead uh, they had an enemy a formidable enemy facing them And it was Saul that came to their defense. And the people of Jabesh Gilead never forgot it. And when uh, Jonathan and Saul were killed and their bodies were hung uh, from uh, the wall of a heathen city, it was the people of Jabesh Gilead that fought their way through the enemy to rescue, not the living uh, people, But the dead bodies, the headless bodies of of, uh, Jonathan and Saul. Uh, The Bible tells us that the people of Israel prospered under the leadership of Saul. And so uh, do not expect perfections of our leaders. And I'm thankful that we are here today honoring fallen comrades... And none of them were perfect. Uh, We just pray by God's grace that in the future that we'll get the gospel of Jesus Christ to as many people as we possibly can. And the Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Now the Bible tells us here that uh, David, remembering uh, Saul and Jonathan, he said, uh, uh, I, I want to teach them, uh, the children, the use of the bow. At that time, the sword and the spear were the two uh, normal implements of war. But the bows had been used so effectively against the people of Israel. And David said, I want you to teach uh, our soldiers so that they will have uh a greater ability to face the enemy in days to come. And God's Word says that there was lamentation, a great mourning, a great mourning, great lamentation over the fall of Saul and the fall of Joshua. And God's Word says in verse 18 that these lamentations ought to be put in a book. I, uh Mrs. Lancaster and I, we hosted tours to Normandy on uh, numbers and numbers and numbers of occasions. I knew Normandy like the back of my hand before I ever went to Normandy. But then when I moved to, to uh, Germany and actually got to see the places that I had read so much about and studied so much about, eventually we began taking tours of our people uh, that wanted to go, and there were numbers of them, both butts buttload of them. And people came from America to go on our tours. And after a couple of years of taking tours to Normandy periodically, um, Dottie told me, she said, Honey, you, you know these battle sites better than the uh, tour guides. And I said, It's true. So I quit hiring a tour guide, and I began doing it myself. Uh, because I knew it well, I knew all of the battle places, and I, I knew all of the stories uh, behind it and everything. But our bus driver, on the first time that we had a particular German bus driver, sweetheart, I'm having a little bit of trouble thinking on my feet right now, Luxembourg, Luxembourg, thank you, I appreciate you telling me that. <laughs> but uh, we always went to Luxembourg. Uh, people wanted to see Patton. Did I turn my uh, own? Am I own? Okay. Uh, I, people wanted to see Patton's grave, and so I always took them to Luxembourg to see Patton's grave in the cemetery there. And uh, uh, right across the road from the cemetery at Luxembourg, uh, there is the German cemetery of fallen uh, uh, soldiers from the German army and I always went there and I wanted our people to see and and sad to say the grass was grown up and and there was litter in it and everything not so in Luxembourg, Uh, not so in Normandy I mean pristine just as pristine as possibly could be and uh, on the bus when we when we got back home we would always sing a song we would sing a patriotic song and Uh, And then uh, I or somebody would give just a five-minute devotion from what we had seen and uh, how it spoke to our heart. And we did. And I said, Anybody got anything to say? And several people, Oh, I'm so glad we were able to see Patton's grave. And I'm glad we got to see uh, these fallen here, the the, uh, uh, graves of our fallen soldiers. And that bus driver, he said, Uh, I'd like to say something. And he spoke uh, good English. And he said, I have finally seen the difference between America and Germany. And everybody was waiting with bated breath for him to tell us what it was. He said, you people, Americans. This is what he said. This is what a German said. He said, you people. Remember and honor your dead. We did not do that. We did not remember and honor our dead. That's what memorial service is all about. That's what memorial day is all about. Now notice, notice what um, he, uh, he, he said in verse 19. The beauty of Israel is slain upon the high places... And how are the mighty fallen? Now, that's provoked a few questions to me, and I'll try to say these questions uh, and answer them as quick as I can. But who, who are the mighty that have fallen? Who are the mighty that have fallen? In this particular case, it was Saul. And there was a strange relationship between Saul and David. Uh, Saul, first of all, loved David because David uh, killed the giant. And uh, uh, David comforted Saul with the music that he played on his stringed instrument. And there was that love that he had. But when people uh, began giving their love Uh, To David. Not that they took their love away from Saul, but Saul could not share his love with anybody. And so animosity was in his heart uh, toward David and went to the point of trying to kill David. Uh, But David would not lift his hand against Saul. And of course, he loved Saul's son, Jonathan. And much is said in the Word of God about Jonathan and David's love for Jonathan. And, uh, but Saul and David were both killed in that particular battle. And, uh, uh, and news was brought back to David that the battle had gone against them and uh, against Israel and that uh, uh, Saul and uh, Jonathan had both, both been killed. And uh, who are our fallen? Uh, They are Americans, our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, our sons, our daughters, our loved ones. Some of them are white, some of them are black, some of them are brown. Some of them are Asian. Some of them are from other national backgrounds. But they are Americans. We honor Americans today that have fallen on the battlefield. Where have they fallen? Now the Bible tells us here that it was Mount Gilboa where they fell, where Jonathan and David fell. Where have our Americans fallen? They have fallen from many parts of the world. They have fallen from Breed's Hill and Bunker's Hill, from Potomac River, from Harper's Valley, from Shiloh, from Lookout Mountain, from Gettysburg, from Tripoli and San Juan Hill, from Manila Bay, from Verdun, from Bella Wood, from the Coral Sea, from Por- Pearl Harbor, from Midway, from Corregidor. From Batan, from Peleliu, from Tarawa, from Burma, from Guadalcanal, from the Philippines, they have fallen from uh, uh, Iwo Jima, they have fallen from Okinawa, uh, Pusan, Heartbreak Ridge, Pork Chop Hill, they have fallen from Da Nang and Hui and, uh, and Kaesong and Peleliu, the Asha Valley, from the Mekong Delta, from Beirut, from Grenada, from the Persian Gulf, from Kuwait, Iraq, and Somalia, and Afghanistan, and numbers and numbers of other places. How did they fall? They fell in many cases, indescribable situations. I was thinking just a few moments ago as our leader, moderator, made recognition of this. I wonder how many of them fell alone. No one there. I wonder how many of them fell saying, I pray that my wife will be well taken care of. I pray that my children will always know that they had a father that loved them. Colin Powell was criticized. Mm -mm -mm. I'm trying not to say anything that will make anybody mad, and it's hard for me to do that. But Colin Powell was criticized as being an imperialist and fighting wars to gain territory for America. And Colin Powell replied by saying, The only territory that we're looking for is enough territory to bury our dead. Where have Americans fallen? They have fallen all over the world in the defense of freedom. And also, I have never served in combat. I uh, volunteered for combat, but only, God only knows that I never had that opportunity to fight in combat. Some of you have, and some of you, if I understand it correctly, one of the things that you fought for and were willing to die for is the soldier that was fighting next to you. God bless you. Thank God for you. What do we fight for? We fight for freedom. We are free today. America is free today. America is a free country. Because of people like you. Like you said yes. I'll go. If I am called. David said. Over in 1 Samuel chapter 31. He said that as much recognition. Is to be given. To the soldier that stays. By the stuff. As the. As the. A recognition is given to those that go to the battlefield. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of you that have gone. Thank you for those of you that are willing to go. And no doubt, no doubt in days to come, unless something happens in the world positive, there will be others that will go soon. America has fought its wars. But let me also suggest to you That there is another war. You and I are in a battle today. The Bible tells us that we are not in a uh, physical conflict at this moment. But we are in a spiritual warfare. And that spiritual warfare is a great, great battle. God's word tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But we do fight that spiritual war. And may I suggest to you that you need to be fighting it every day. Are you in the conflict? Are you fighting the battle of the spiritual war? God's Word tells us that the weapons of our warfare, this great warfare that Paul spoke about to young man Timothy, uh, are you engaged in that warfare right now? God's Word says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal weapons, but that they are spiritual weapons. Uh, Turn, if you will, Uh, you'll enjoy it, I believe, but turn, if you will, in your Bibles to uh, Ephesians chapter 6, a passage of Scripture, no doubt, that the pastor has already brought to your attention on more than one occasion. But look, if you will, at chapter 6, and verse 10, Paul says, finally, my brethren. Now, of course, he wrote First and Second Timothy. Uh, he wrote that mentioning war uh, several times in those two passages of Scripture. And Ms. Lancaster and I, one of our favorite places to go in this world, and if we get the opportunity to go again, we'll go. But one of our favorite places to go is the city of Rome. Uh, for several reasons, but one of the reasons that I love to go there is a hole in the ground. It's right at the uh, steps of, uh, 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 of Caesar's palace, the old ruins of Caesar's palace. There's a hole in the ground, and it's called the Mamertine prison. And during the days of the Apostle Paul, there was a hole there in the top of it, and Paul was let down on a rope into that hole. It was, it was uh, dug so deep that he couldn't possibly get out in his own effort. Uh, a rope had to be lowered down to him. And Ms. Lancaster and I, we've been there. And uh, I have read uh, in, the, in the hearing of anybody that was in there to join us, I have read the last chapter of uh, the book of 2 Timothy, where Paul said, I have finished by course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. I, I have I've read that, and we sung there in that hole, and uh, that's uh, that's one of the things that stands out to me so much. Uh, about look at verse ten. Uh, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now let me let me ask you this. Uh, Fox News has a has a uh, thing going on right now about the uh, top ranger, the top ranger. They're they're having a a uh, viewing the course about the top ranger. Let me ask you this: Are you a good soldier? I'm sure you are. Are you a good Christian soldier? Are you fighting the battle? Are you involved in the war? There's a warfare going on all around us. And he says, Be strong. Now, notice he talks about our enemy, uh, if you will, in uh, verse 11. Uh, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand, withstand, that's defensive, in the evil day, and having done all to stand, take the stand of them, attack, attack. Uh, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, The Bible says, hide God's word in your heart. When I got saved, and, and uh, uh, I used to drive back to work, and there was a particular situation in the community at Sneeds Ferry where I had to drive to work at Courthouse Bay, an auxiliary of Camp Lejeune. That was a terrible, terrible temptation to me. It was. And I'd get up in the morning and I was off and ready to work. This is after I got saved. But I'd get to that particular situation that reminded me of my old life and my my sin. And it absolutely just got a hold of me. And in just a few days, I went to my pastor and I said, Preacher, I'm having a hard time with things of the past. Can you help me? And he said, Tommy, you got a Bible. I said, I do. And he said, "Uh, Tommy, um, uh, do you memorize Scripture? I said, no, sir, I haven't started that. And he handed me a pack of Scripture. I I, left mine back at the hotel. I still still carry them 59 years later. But uh, he said, I want you to start memorizing Scripture. The Bible says, wherewithal shall a young man, that's you, that's you, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according thy word, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. John chapter 15, verse 3. Now then ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Uh, you you've, got, you've got the Bible on your lap. How much of it do you have in your heart? How much? I'm not trying to beat you over the head. But I want you equipped. We are in a battle. battle. I led uh, led a Navy corpsman to the Lord on the island of Okinawa. Uh, His unit got uh, deployed to Vietnam just real quickly. And while he was deployed, God used him in a tremendous way. And when he came back, I found out that he was going to get the Bronze Star. And so some of my buddies from church... And I, we we went there to see John receive the Bronze Star. And we stood there in attention like we were standing. And we heard his commanding officer read the citation. And uh, the Vietnam, uh, Viet Cong, had ambushed his unit uh, late in the afternoon. And machine gun fire and rocket fire and uh, mortar fire, rather, uh, uh, came in. And immediately there were... Those that were killed and those that were horribly wounded, and they couldn't get them out. The uh, uh, medevac couldn't get them, and they told him, said, "You're going to have to make it through the night, and we'll get you out in the morning." And so John, uh, he, he was he was decorated, and uh, the citation said all about that. That that night, John had gone, corman, He had gone from one man to another man to another man to another man. To another man patching them up, Uh, fire coming in uh, over over their head and a desperate, desperate situation. And so after the citation was finished, uh, this corpsman got in the car uh, with us and we started back to the church and we were going to disperse from there. And he said, Tommy, I think I'd better tell you the rest of it. He said, yes. He said, I helped patch them up. But he said, I led several of those Marines to the Lord before they died that night. Uh, But here's the story. Here's the story. That brave, brave Navy corpsman. A Navy corpsman who had been recognized and who had been honored for what he did on his, uh, what do you call it, when you get a, when you get a, a short leave uh, for huh? R&R. There you go. Thank you. appreciate it. We, Two or three of us, we'll get through this sermon here. But, uh, uh, but uh, on R&R, he went to the Philippines. And some of his mates, oh, John, come on, go to the bar with us. You, you don't have to do any drinking. Just go with us. Come on. And that brave, that brave, brave corpsman recognized for his bravery that night. When he he came back from the Philippines, he didn't come to church. And I said, something's wrong. And I went and found him. And when I found him, he broke down in tears. And he said, Tommy,
1: you don't want me anymore. You don't want me anymore. He said, they kept on making fun of me and making fun of me and making fun of me.
0: And finally, I took a drink or two, and it wasn't long before I was drunk. He was strong, but he wasn't strong in the Lord. Are you strong in the Lord? I want to tell you something that the Bible tells us in Ephesians that he goes about our enemy, our arch enemy, as a roaring lion seeking whom he, dev- he may devour. I want to tell you something. If you're a Christian, Satan's got a bullseye on your back. And you better pay attention and you better do whatever spiritual calisthenics you can do to get yourself in shape. To stand against the wiles of the devil. Look at this uh, Ephesians chapter 6. He says, uh, verse 14, Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, breastplate of righteousness, righteous, clean living, clean living, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking the gospel wherever you go, taking it wherever you go. And above all, the shield of faith, Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And the helmet of salvation. I've often wondered about that the helmet of salvation. Helmet, helmet. Why helmet? Do you know you're saved? Do you know how you got saved? Can you tell it to somebody else? Ms. Lancaster accepted the Lord as a teenage girl and uh, I remember Mm -hmm. I loved her so much then and I love her so much now I told her back there 59 years ago I said Dottie I'm going to love you more than I do now she chided me about that a little bit but I do love her more I remember the day at Tony's Pizza Parlor I put 25 cents in the jukebox and uh, played a song by Brenda Lee and I knew I was going to reach up underneath it. You said, Brenda Lee, you shouldn't talk about old old things like that, uh, old secular songs. I don't know about you, but I have found that I can't get romantic with Amazing Grace. (laughs) So uh, I, uh, I put 25 cents in the and I put my hand up underneath there. I said, will you marry me? And she said, I, I will. And oh, God has been so very, very good to us. And she knew, she knows where she got saved. And I'm glad that as a five-year-old boy, when my boy He's, how old is Mark now, baby? 58. I still call him boy. We get on the phone. He's a preacher. But we get on the phone together and I said, boy, how you doing? Boy, boy. And, uh, but when he was five years old, the Holy Spirit of God spoke to his heart. And you know what he did? He went to Mama. I wasn't there that night. I was off on a revival meeting. He went to Mama and said, Mama, I want to be saved. And Mama was able to tell that boy how to get saved. You know why? Because Mama was wearing the helmet of salvation. Do you have the helmet of salvation? Do you know how to tell somebody else how to get saved? Are you absolutely sure of your salvation? Are there some circumstances that could talk you out of it? Or do you have the helmet of salvation? Now notice, if you will, please, and I'm I'm just about to quit, and I don't ever want to quit. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Um, A lot of people think they're well-dressed for war, but they don't know where the battle is. Every battle that you and I will ever fight and win will be a battle that we have fought on the battlefield of prayer. If you're not a praying Christian, and I'm not talking about your laid-me-down-to-sleep prayers. I'm not talking about your dear-God-bless-my-food prayers. I'm talking about your seasons of prayer. I'm talking about prayer time where you and your wife get down beside the bed Or you get on your favorite couch and you hold hands and you pray together. Do you pray? Do you pray? May I tell you that from my observation, if you're a professing Christian but not a praying Christian, you're not worth the gunpowder it would take to shoot you. You ought to pray. Do you pray? Are you a praying Christian? How are the mighty fallen? They're fallen all over the world. If Jesus tarries, there will be others that will fall. Please, over over in uh, chapter 14 of 2 Samuel, David established a memorial for the fallen of Israel. America has done that. You've done that today. Thank God that you've done that. But let me close by telling you that there's another battle. It's a spiritual battle. There's a spiritual battle going on in our country. And I personally believe that there's anybody that ought to step up and say, I'm going to be a Christian Soldier, I'm going to stand for God no matter what as a military person or as a military family. I believe that God wants spiritual people in our military. Are you a spiritual man? Are you a spiritual woman? Are you guided by spiritual principles in your life? Do you know the Lord is your Savior? Have you joined up? Have you joined up into his army, his military? I'm going to save my comment about different services until I finish my message, and then I'll say it. But are, you, uh, are you a spiritual person now, I don't have to elaborate on that. The Holy Spirit, no doubt, spoken to you about whether you are or not. I love a song, and since I had my stroke, I I can't sing much anymore. I used to have a beautiful, beautiful voice, beautiful. I mean, wherever I went, people, people bragged on my voice. <laughs> they said, will you ever quit singing? Well, they, they say it even more now.
1: Last night as I was thinking of unseen things above, the Savior came unto me and filled me with his love. Now I'm going to die on the battlefield. I'm going to die in war. I'm going to die on the battlefield with glory in my soul. Some say give me silver. Some say give me gold. But I say give me Jesus with glory in my soul. Now I'm going to die on the battlefield. I'm going to die in war. I'm going to die on the battlefield with glory in my soul.
0: Just finally, I'm 82 years old. I had a stroke. I'm I'm getting much better. A friend said, Tommy, when are you gonna retire? I said, Oh don't worry about it. You'll see it reported in the obituary. I'm gonna fight until I die. I'm gonna stay in the battle until I die. Are you in the battle, soldier? Are you in the battle? Member of this church? Are you equipped in the battle? Thank you for giving me this time. And let's bow our heads in prayer. I'll ask our good pianist to come to the piano, but not to begin playing yet. Don't begin playing. Father, help us now. Help us, O oh God. I pray, dear God, as was told to David, that you desire truth in the inward parts. Help people to be honest. Are there born-again Christians here today, and you know that you are more like a reservist than you are like an active duty guy? Serving the Lord doesn't come first with you. It's not first place. You're a Christian, but you know there are things that you need to get right with God. Is that true? Is it? Lift your hand. Let me know about it. I'm going to pray for you. Preacher, I'm a Christian, but there are things that I need to get right with God. There are several. Are there more? Thank you. You may put your hands down. Preacher, I'm a Christian, but there are things I need to get right with God. Who else? Who else? Who else? Thank you. Now, will you do this? Please, please do this. Uh, don't, don't hold back. Those of you that just lifted your hand and more and more, would you get up right now and come and kneel here at this altar? Just get up right now and head this way. Come on, and stay here until I have a prayer for you. Come on. Ought to be some men soldiers instead of just women soldiers. Who else? Preacher, I know I know that I'm not in my Bible like I should. I know that my prayer life is piddling. I know that I'm not the witness that I ought to be. Who else? Who else? Get up and come this way. Get up. We're going to wait on you a moment. Who else? Get up and come this way. Stay here at the altar until we have a word of prayer. Now, how many in this room say, Brother Lancaster, I'm not absolutely sure I'm saved, but I want to be sure. I want to. If a person can be absolutely sure of their salvation, I want that. Preacher, pray for me. Slip up your hand right where you are. Slip it up. Slip it up. Slip it up. All right, stand to your feet, if you will, please. Stand to your feet. Everybody, stand to your feet. Now, Father, help us. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Just as I am.